When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. Our sauce gardener. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for midweek news and notes with our friend who is the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother? Better last week when we talked, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Nick, I think you're going to wind up on Robert Sala's list. I guess we should probably start with that. Robert Sala said that he has receipts of all the people that are talking smack about the Jets and he can't wait to shove it up everybody's butt when the team turns things around. There are people that are going to say that it's no big deal. The Jets aren't going to win or lose based on what Salah says. And that's true. And there are people that will say that there are players in the locker room that will respond positively to Robert Salah saying these things. That might be true too. But he would have been better off just saying, Look, I understand that things have been rough so far. We haven't given the fans all that much to cheer about, but I really believe in this group. We have a lot of talent. I strongly feel that we are going to turn this around, and I look forward to proving the doubters wrong. That tone would have been much more in line with what's going on right now. At this moment, what he said sounds delusional because he also said that before Joe Douglas got here, this was an expansion team, and Nick, you and I joked about this via text message after he said it. The expansion team won seven games in 2019, which is more than Robert Sala has won in his 18 games here so far. And honestly, not that anybody's defending Adam Gase because Gase was a terrible coach. We all recognize that. But to throw shade at Adam Gase when you haven't won anything and the team just got pulverized at home by the Baltimore Ravens just seems odd to me. And even if the players in the locker room like what he's saying, that's fine. But you lose a few more games and the team is 0-3, 0-4. It doesn't really matter that Max Mitchell and Elijah Vera Tucker like what you're saying at press conferences because no one else is going to care anymore. So they've got to start winning if Robert Sala wants to shut up the critics because let's be honest, Nick, as much as we hate to say this, the truth is they've earned every bit of criticism and laughter that they've gotten, including what Peyton Manning said on national television on the Manning cast, making fun of the fact that the Jets threw 59 times and still got their butts kicked against the Baltimore Ravens in their home opener at MetLife Stadium. So if you want to quiet people, you do it through your actions. 
win games. No one cares about the excuses, and no one wants to hear about receipts that you're taking. Go ahead and keep compiling those receipts, Robert Sala, because if this team loses a couple more games the way that they lost on Sunday, those receipts are going to make you look a lot worse than the critics that you're trying to shut up. Yeah, Captain Cliche with all of his uh, slogans and quotes like, all gas, no break, and positive vibes only. I mean, the guy kind of, you know, did a complete 180 on that one when he's all took took one bad week of, of his team playing ga- a game to come go all out and, and, and freak out on the fans. Like, is he picking a, a fight with the fans or the media? He wasn't, you know, who, who's he talking about here? Is he talking about like the fans bad mouthing him or is he talking about like the media uh, against them saying bad things? Cause if, if he's, if he's coming at like jet fans, he, he's in for a rude awakening, man. I'll tell you like <laughs> no one, <laughs> Not to not to be like a tough guy here or anything, but you're you're not gonna win. You're, you're not gonna pick a fight and win with, against Jet fans, against New York fans. Like we smell bullshit from a mile away, and all he's been serving is a heaping pile of it since he's gotten here, with all these lame slogans and these frat boy, you know, fake tough guy things. Like this this guy is really going down the down the wrong path. And I, I know I said it like in the off season, where I was more positive about the team on 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 our our chats and. You know, it seems like in the in the off season everything is good. If you feel good about the team, and all it takes is one game for it to kind of turn negative, and and that's what happened because last week felt exactly like 2021. Exactly, it was no show on offense, completely out coached, in over their heads, questionable in game calls, a team coming out of halftime with no idea, and the coach sitting there with his team down by three scores in the fourth quarter of a game and getting a pity touchdown as, as the clock goes to zero. So coming out after the game and throwing a rookie receiver who is the only only guy to show some heart on that offense under the bus and says he has to watch the tape of Joe Flacco. Don't watch the tape. Trust me, don't. Throw that <laughs> tape away. You don't want to see that. So if he's got the balls to come out and call Garrett Wilson, the only guy playing with some fire on Sunday on offense – but he won't come out and he won't call any any of the veterans out. You know, he's standing up for Bryce Hall, uh, standing up for Joe Flacco, you know, talking about how this player played well, but he's going to throw a rookie under the bus. I mean, this guy is just pro- proving each week he's in over his head. And I like Robert Sala. I'm not, not like where I was with Todd Bowles and Adam Gase. Like, I wanted those guys out of town as fast as possible. I'm, I'm not that way with Robert Sala. But man, I didn't I didn't see this coming. This guy is becoming a guy who fans really liked and rooted for and by no fault of anybody else but his own, he's becoming like, you know, <laughs> the villain in this town. So, uh this this receipt thing is either going to be really good for Sala or it's going to be really bad. They're either going to use this as a rallying cry or they're going to go out and get their ass kicked again by the Browns and and the, and the Bengals and the Steelers and sitting 0 and 4. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
there's no question there's more talent on this team this year, Nick. And there were some bright spots. Absolutely no question about that either. Sauce Gardner was excellent. DJ Reed was excellent. And I said this on Twitter. DJ Reed looks like he might be the best free agent signing Joe Douglas has had since he got here. That's how good DJ Reed looked. And if you looked at his tape in Seattle... It matched what he did there. He was really good in Seattle, and the Jets might have gotten a guy who's just hitting his stride. They might actually have two legit number one caliber cornerbacks. Michael Carter II was very good too, so the secondary is improving. There were some bright spots, of course, on the defensive line. Quinton Williams played very, very well. He had that pass deflection that held the Ravens to three points after that terrible Joe Flacco interception. Max Mitchell played better than expected. He wasn't good per se, but he was a lot better than we had any right to think he would be in his first start as a fourth-round rookie. But you look around, and some of the things that Salas said were concerning at the press conference, not right after the game, but later in the week after he'd had time to reflect on what happened. When you talk about 13 personnel, and that's why Garrett Wilson wasn't in more, he said it didn't work in hindsight. Fine, but you should have known that by halftime. You watch the game as it's going along, you get a feel for the game, and you realize this is not working out. Garrett Wilson made that really nice play early in the game where he almost turned an absolute disaster of a play into a first down on like third and 17 against all odds. You got to let him get in there more. And this is something you have to understand as the game is going on. You can't say, well, let me look at the tape or oops, we messed up. You got to realize that as the game is going on, that's what good coaches do. Bad coaches reflect afterwards. Good coaches make the adjustments. I hope that Robert Salas starts doing that more often instead of saying after the game, oops, we're going to have to do something different. And then, of course, a lot of the times not actually doing anything different. He talked about how frustrating it is to lose. Nobody wants to lose. He understands the fan base wants immediate results in the quote unquote instant coffee age. But it's not immediate results, and I get that Salah is only in his second season here. Jets fans have been sitting here for 12 years waiting for this team to give them something, anything to be happy about. And since 2015, it's just been an absolute mess. They haven't even been 500 since 2015. So it's not instant results that Jets fans are looking for. They're looking for any kind of positive results, anything that they can sink their teeth into and smile about. And they haven't really gotten that over the last bunch of years. So you have to understand their level of frustration and not talk about instant coffee. And then, of course, Salah talking about how the Jets didn't get beat, they lost. Another ridiculous cliche. Who cares whether you got beat or lost? It's the same thing. It's a loss. They're 0-1. I don't understand where these weird cliches are coming from. Then when asked about Joe Flacco and Mike White, he said that they have the utmost faith in Joe Flacco, but that doesn't mean that he's locked in. Just say that you're going to review the tape and you'll make a decision or just deflect Every time this guy tries to answer a question, he just makes it worse. He creates more uncertainty. And again, that doesn't mean that Robert Sal is going to be a bad coach. He's still learning on the job, but it's just so frustrating to watch this guy. Like you said, Captain Cliche, always creating more confusion and never giving Jets fans a reason to really be hopeful other than rah, rah, rah. That's cool at the beginning, 
We were all excited about that because it was such a contrast from Adam Gase. But at some point, that's got to translate to wins. As one of our listeners at Soul Brother on Twitter likes to say, at some point, potential has to become kinetic. Otherwise, it's just empty noise. And the potential has got to become kinetic sooner rather than later. Otherwise, 2022 is going to be the same as 2021 and 2020 and 2019 and 2018. You get the point. It's just so frustrating as a Jets fan because all we want is competitive football, something to enjoy on a Sunday. And it's been so long since the Jets have given that to us on a consistent basis. And even though this team has more talent, it was just more of the same on Sunday against the Ravens. Yes, there were some bright spots, but overall, it felt like New Year, same result. And that has got to change, and it's got to change quickly. Yeah, and and I don't understand where this this frustration with the fan base came from with this guy all of a sudden. Like two days ago, he was this rah-rah, you know, can't wait to see the fans in the stadium when there's 80,000 fans stand up, you know, for the anthem. Then he goes out and his team gets their ass kicked. He's unprepared. He gets outcoached. Jet fans didn't do anything. They showed up. They made noise. They supported their team. They were mad that his team sucked. So why all of a sudden now is this guy starting this like war against the fan base for this? This is coming out of nowhere. And, you know, for him to like, what is he talking about microwave? This team hasn't been to the playoffs in over a decade. What are we, what are we doing here? This Jeff, this fan base has been more patient than you could ever imagine. You Mm -hmm. know, the old saying you can't rebuild in New York is bullshit. We, that's all we've been doing. We're on our third rebuild and guess what? Mm -hmm. It's not going well. Because this team has plenty of talent to win. And if you're going to sit there and talk about an expansion team, look at the Chicago Bears. An expansion team just beat your beat your old team's ass. So you're telling me that you can't coach like Bad Eberflus, Ken? Is that, is, I guess that's what we're chalking it up to. So you're going to go out on, on, uh, on Sunday with, with their starting quarterback out and, and you're going to get your ass beat again? Like So, so, so what, you're shining a light back on yourself. This guy is like, he's clueless right now. This is like coming. This is like the quickest heel turn I've ever seen of a head coach. Like, where, where is it? He wakes up one day and decides just to go like, like go off on 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 the Jet fans. Who've, jet fans have, have given this guy a lot of slack. A lot of it. They're blaming Olbrick. They blame you know Lafleur earlier in the year. They want to blame Salah. And nobody was really even blaming Salah much after this loss. You know, it was on the offense. A lot of people I saw gave credit. To Salah and, and Ulbrich for, for the defense showing up. Now all of a sudden he's flipping the script and, and he's coming at the fans. This is like one of the dumbest moves I've seen. Like Adam Gase didn't even do this. And Adam Gase is awful. Like so <laughs> th- this this guy's really he's he's like forget dipping your toe. Like he's sticking his entire leg in the grave right now. So you better watch out because this is this could get re- really bad really fast. And now when you start talking like this, forget about any slack that the Jeff fans gave you for a six, you know, six, seven win season. Jeff fan, if, if this ain't an expansion team anymore, then we're not treating you like an expansion mm-hmm. coach. We're treating you like mm-hmm. a coach who's going to win some games and make a playoff run. So you can forget about any slack the Jeff fans gave you uh, on, on a season where wins, we all know wins weren't the, 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 final, the, the final straw this year. We were giving you some time. 
Here's the full quote about Flacco, by the way. Everything is always under discussion and review. We'll talk to coaches. Not done with post-game eval. Joe's been very, very steady throughout OTA's training camp. Last year, he threw for 300 yards in Miami. A really good game. We've got the utmost faith in Joe. Does that mean something can't happen tonight? I'm not going to promise you anything. But as of now, Joe's our starting QB. The door is open. It's most likely going to be Joe, but the door is open for every position every week. So just creating more confusion. And who cares what Joe Flacco did during training camp in his 15th season in the NFL? Who cares that he threw for 300 yards against Miami last year? He looked like his feet were stuck in quicksand. And don't get me wrong, I understand that Mike White is not really very good. He had that great game against Cincinnati, but got exposed after that. And so as Chris Nimbley said to me in a text... Flacco and White both stink, but at least White is a newer, fresher, younger stink, and he's got more Mm -hmm. energy. So if Flacco performs the way that he did against the Ravens early on against the Browns, Robert Sala's got to be ready to make a move because even if Mike White isn't the answer, you can't just have Joe Flacco back there. He said he's going to be looking at the tape. I'll tell you what you're going to see on that tape. You're going to see Joe Flacco holding onto the ball way too long, missing open receivers, and tossing the ball into the ground. That's what you're going to see. So if he performs like that against the Browns, they've got to be willing to pull the trigger and put Mike White in there and at least try something different. That's what I was saying before, Nick, about having a feel for the game as it's going on. They also have to make a conscious effort to get Garrett Wilson more involved and they're not going to do this but personally I would like to see them activate Chris Strebler and spend the week putting together some plays for him some different packages just so they have something different to show the Browns catch them off guard what they were doing against the Ravens clearly wasn't working so maybe try something fresh against the Browns they don't do that this team's this team's too worried about what what other people think about them they coach scared, and it shows on every single player's face on the offense. Mm-hmm. They, they don't. They don't have the. They don't have that in them to to go outside the box like that. They just don't. They, they're going to go. They're going to play the, the safe and conservative script, and then it, they'll make excuses that it didn't work out. The offensive line didn't hold up. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. use Flacco as an excuse that their quarterback wasn't there. They have these built-in excuses. Using Strebler is too creative for them. <laughs> the, 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 it, it's 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 foreign to what the Jets do. A, a team like look at the Saints did last week using Taysom Hill. He was their mm-hmm. leading rusher. Mm-hmm. He, he scored a touchdown. Like he's probably the reason they won that game. You're telling me that Dennis Allen can do this, but Mike Lafleur and the Jets can't. What? Why? Where? Like what? What does Woody Johnson have over you that the Jets can't come out and, and do something creative and unique like that? Like, and why does Mike White get to have one really bad game? And, and he won't ever see the field again. But Joe Flacco gets to go out there week after week, year after year. Joe Flacco has sucked for five years. Why do we have to see Joe Flacco suck again? What This, this season was supposed to be about young players getting better. You're going to put the lowest energy player in football history out there on Sunday to stand around and get his ass kicked and his dick in the dirt every single play by Miles Garrett so we can blame the offensive line again? I don't want to see Joe Flacco. I don't. I can't watch that again. I, I'm not. I'm not wasting another Sunday watching Joe Flacco go up, go go try and play quarterback for this team. You know, three plays, go punt the ball, interception. Uh, you know, turnover on downs, down by three scores on Sunday at, at three in the afternoon already. You sit there and you waste half your day 
watching this guy and watching Robert Sala have no feel for the game. The guy needs an assistant to help him with with, with clock management, with not running onto the field, uh, play calling. Like he, he needs an assistant for everything. He has no idea what he's doing. The guy's clearly in over his head. Like it, it's becoming more and more obvious. And, and people say he won four. He, he won three games last year. Middleton won that game, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He won the Jaguar game. He was the mm-hmm. head coach. So Robert mm-hmm. Sala won three football games last year. Salah still has plenty of time to turn this around, but like you said, Nick, you can't sit there and talk about how the team was an expansion team. Now he finally has talent. If you finally have talent, it's time to deliver some results. No one's expecting the playoffs, but you've got to deliver competitive, entertaining football. You've got to have these young players step up and really make a difference, and you've got to show that you're growing into the job as head coach. He hasn't done that yet. Still time for him to do it. I'm not saying Jets fans should give up on him, but he's got to ditch the cliches and stop giving silly, confusing answers. Just start talking more like Todd Bowles and giving the media nothing. Get back to the job that he was hired to do, which is coach up this team, get them ready for Sundays, and in-game be able to make adjustments, have a feel for the game, and make the Jets more competitive on a weekly basis. By the way, if you want to know how you could take Chris Strebler and use him creatively, A, watch the tape of what he did when he was up in Winnipeg and helped them win the Grey Cup. And for people that want to talk about, oh, that's the CFL, you can't do it in the NFL, go talk to Mike Westhoff. If you read Mike Westhoff's book, which if you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's called Figure It Out. You can get it now anywhere where you buy books. He talks a lot about Brad Smith and Taysom Hill two players who he coached who became meaningful special teams contributors and also were used in special packages to help the offense. The Jets benefited greatly from Brad Smith being able to do what he did. Obviously, the Saints, as you said, Nick, benefiting greatly from Taysom Hill, who was the leading rusher on the Saints. And Strevler profiles very similarly, both athletically and size-wise, to both of those guys. Plus, as you heard Ed Tate say on the show, He was a very physical player when he was up there in Winnipeg, so there's no reason why he couldn't be used on special teams too. As you said, Nick, I don't think they're going to do it, but at this point, they should be willing to try just about anything. Let's talk about the rest of the people that spoke throughout the week. Conor McGovern said he didn't hear the Mike White chants. Maybe he didn't hear them, but I was sitting in the upper deck and I sure heard them. Doesn't think Joe Flacco was rattled by the chant. There's a reason he's called Cool Joe. He may not have been rattled by the chant, but he was certainly rattled by the Ravens. Quinn and Williams said there was more good than bad on defense. Still believes the Jets can be a dominant defense. Doesn't think the loss will be deflating. The team will have to learn from mistakes. I think he said it reasonably well. And obviously the defense did have its positives on Sunday. Quinn and Williams especially was one of them. He played very, very well, including that deflected pass that held the Ravens to a field goal after Joe Flacco threw that interception. The big one here was DJ Reed. A lot of people criticized him for celebrating the interception with the Jets down three touchdowns. I wouldn't say I criticized him. I did say that maybe he didn't need to do that down three touchdowns, but I did say that he played so well that it wasn't really a big deal. What we later found out, of course, that DJ Reed revealed is that his father passed away literally moments before pregame introductions. He found out about it as he was coming out of the tunnel, says he cried during the national anthem. His father had battled MS for 18 years, took a turn for the worse on Wednesday, shared the news only with a few teammates and coaches, last spoke to his father on Wednesday, told him, I love you, you fought a good fight, said he's dedicating his season to his dad, Dennis Reed, who lived in Iowa, 
And of course, the reason that he celebrated that interception and was pointing up is because he was essentially celebrating his father and said that he was playing for his father in that game. Sort of similar to when Brett Favre's father died and he threw that touchdown pass and pointed up at the sky. That's what DJ Reed was doing when he had that celebration. We all didn't know that at the time, obviously. And to DJ Reed's credit, it's remarkable that he was able to do what he did with all of that weighing on him and his father passing away. It just shows you that not only is he an excellent cornerback, but he is a fantastic human being, a really great fit here for the culture that they're trying to build. And as I said, I think that DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner together could be one of the best cornerback tandems in the NFL. So that's one of the big positives. But boy, what a heartbreaking story here from DJ Reed, Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard not to like this guy. You know, he's maybe because he's shorter, but like you kind of root for guys like that. And then to see this happen to him and um, how he responds, it's just a a good character dude and a guy that you definitely want to root for. Um, so one of the bright spots and there was individual bright spots, no doubt about it. Um, and, and the defense really for the first, uh, you know, two and a half, three quarters played really well. Um, the other two units were, were putrid. Um, so, you know, but, but Reed is the guy and and sauce, like, like you said, those, those two should be here and, um, you know, hold down those two spots for a long time. And it's a, it's a, 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 you know, a complete flip from what we saw last year with these corners here. So um, it's going to allow them to do a lot more on defense too, you know, schematically and uh, blitzing wise. And they could, they can be real flexible and show different looks when you have two guys who can cover on their own out there who don't need much help. But um, yeah, you know, you feel for Reed and, you know, to, to, and apparently not many people, maybe only like two or three guys and, you know, a few coaches on the team knew about it. Um, so for him to kind of go out there and play with with such a heavy heart, it was, uh, you know, admirable for sure. Nick, last order of business, Braden Mann was drafted in the sixth round in 2020. Best punter in the country, Texas A&M. I have no idea how that doesn't translate to the NFL. I said this on the postgame report with Andy Vasquez. Punter is literally the only position where nothing changes. So if you're good in college, I can't understand why you wouldn't be good in the pros. But he's been one of the worst punters in the NFL since entering the league. And he's been costing them big time. And so finally, the Jets have decided to make a move. You and I were talking about this before we started recording. When Mann got hurt a couple of years ago, the Jets signed Thomas Morstead, who was much better than Mann. They should have just cut Mann and stuck with Morstead, who's now in Miami. Instead, they kept Mann, and he's continued to be subpar. And now the Jets made a move at punter. They signed somebody to their practice squad, who eventually may end up taking Mann's job. I would imagine that maybe man gets one more week and if he punts like this again, they're going to call the kid off the practice squad to take his spot because they just can't let this go on anymore. Yeah, this guy's terrible. Brady Man is, is straight up absolute garbage and he's been since he got here. Uh, huge mistake to, and, and this one's on Joe Douglas and Douglas alone. Uh, only reason why he kept his job is because they drafted him and it's a bad way to, 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 to make decisions, unfortunately, but it does happen. Um, Morstead was, I mean, night and day better than, than man was at any point of his career. And Morstead's done it for a long time. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess I get it at the time you just drafted this guy and he was in his first or first or second year at the time. And you wanted to give him a chance, but man, it came back to bite them, but they got to just cut the cord. The guy, the guy stinks. 
Nick Spano, co-founder of Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing at U Stadium, including giving everybody updates on Geno Smith kicking butt against the Denver Broncos. <laughs> How about that? Nine years after John Idzik drafted him in the second round, Geno Smith on national television lighting it up. Good for him. I always like Geno Smith. And even though it didn't work out for him with the Jets, it was nice to see him playing well in Seattle. So you guys had plenty of in-game updates. That's one of the many things that you do at U Stadium. You curate all the news that's being put out there. You guys have your own news that you gather. And then, of course, you tweet along during the game. So if you're a football fan, you have to love U Stadium. But above all that, you have to love the takes feature because the takes feature gives you an opportunity to win money without risking any of your own. Yeah, yeah, the take, you get on there, try out takes. Um, if you think Mike White's going to make an appearance this week, I think that's a take that I'm going to be posting uh, by the time you guys listen to this. Uh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm feeling that because I think Flacco's going to be terrible in the first quarter. I think you see Mike White in the second quarter of this game on Sunday. So I'm going to make a take. I'm going to put some points on it. Um, and you can either agree or disagree with me, wager your own points, and then based on the outcome, if the take comes true, if it doesn't, Points are rewarded to the winning side, and then those points you can actually uh, turn into real money. So you, you can cash out your points. You can use them to create and join other takes. So uh, if you want to try them out and you haven't yet, shoot us a DM at Stadium. Send us your Stadium app username. We'll get you started with your first uh, free points. You can you know join or create some takes and um, you know start, start making money for uh, your sports predictions. Speaking of sports predictions, you can get in on the daily fantasy entries with the player projections at prizepicks.com. Last week, as you know, I had Corey Davis to get more than 41 yards and Elijah Moore to get more than 51. I unfortunately was unable to win that because Corey Davis did get more than 41 yards, but Elijah Moore got less than 51. This week, I'm thinking about taking Garrett Wilson as one of my players, and I'll probably take Corey Davis again, because here's how it works at prizepicks.com. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people, just you versus projections available. You can get in on projections involving the NFL, college football, the NBA, college basketball, UFC, tennis, whatever you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code PLAJ. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix gives you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PrizePix gives you 50. Don't forget enter the promo code PLAJ at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. And also don't forget to visit our website playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under Luke Grant's got some fantastic all 22 breakdowns up there including a brand new one of Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, who Nick and I talked about being two of the biggest bright spots from the Jets' loss against the Ravens. Luke breaks down why they were so effective. 
against the Ravens and what it means going forward for the Jets. So make sure that you watch all our videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com <laughs>